Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay, so... We are officially live on social media. We are here Wednesday. It is uh, June 16th, and this is Reflection Artist Live number 33 with special guest Eric Joseph with G-Technic North America, who has a lot of different titles with G-Tech. However, he's been in the industry on a industry level for seven years, but he's been in detailing for over 20 years. He's owned his own business, so he's got quite the background in regards to uh, detailing in general, you know, business, craft, all the good stuff, along with representing quite a few or a few different brands in our industry, uh, which he did a great job at and is still doing. So oh, thank we want to dig into uh, <laughs> Eric and his background of, you know, early years, maybe being a kid or a teenager getting into car detailing and how all that came about to get into this great world of detailing. So I'm going to Pass it over to you, Eric, and thanks again for being on and taking the time out of the day to, to sit with us and, and chat yeah, right now. No so. problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, man, you want to go, you want to go back? Uh, you know, 80, 82 baby to 82 yeah. baby. Came out with a polisher. You know? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, grew up on the South Shore of Long Island, um, about 15 minutes out of New York City. So, uh, it was an interesting place to to, you know, grow up and be raised, we'll say in the nineties. Right. Cause like the eighties, we were still, I mean, were we eight when 90 hit? So yeah. like we're yeah. old, we're old, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, really got into cars early. Um, I would say probably like 12 or 13 years old and uh, interesting story. So it all started with mini trucks, not the K trucks that we know now from the JDM scene, but it really started with the late 80, early nineties, smaller pickups. So I was on a family vacation in Ocean City, Maryland, and a, a crew of mini trucks drove by just like an inch off the ground. And I'm like, what is that? And why do I love it? Right. <laughs> so I'm in like a gift shop and here's mini trucking magazine. And on the cover is a purple Mazda pickup. And I'm like, this thing just looks insane. Right. So I, I buy the magazine. I'm like 12 or 13 years old. And uh, it's like my prized possession for a little bit as a weirdo 12 year old would have, right? Like, you know, like not a skateboard or a bicycle. I'm like, I just really love this mini trucking magazine. So when I got into high school, um, I may or may not have got kicked out of a Spanish class. And in New, in New York, you have to, um, there's two different, um, I, not diplomas, but like there's, there's two different programs, right? You get your standardized high school and you got what they call regents, right? And I never knew what the difference was, but it just one had a, you know, some sort of standard to it, I guess. Right. So in order to keep your regions diploma, you either needed to, um, really focus on a language or you needed to be into the tech eds. Cause back then there was still technical, um, and vocational in high school, which I missed terribly. We could talk about that later. Um, and the auto shop was full, but I ended up, um, being in the wood shop in a photography class, which is still kind of cool for car guys. Right. And uh, because they connected, I would always be sneaking into the auto shop and um, an early networker, we could say I am, um, I was able to kind of 
network with the auto shop instructor so that when I bought my first Mazda pickup, um, which I still have to this day, um, I was able to lean on the auto shop to have a lot of the early work done in my, what would be considered car career. This is at 15 years old, which is you doing it in the shop kind of scenario. Yep. Yep. Nice. Right. Um, through, you know, through different shop classes, even though I wasn't in the auto program. And again, maybe I was kicked out mid term of a Spanish class for really not liking the teacher, but whatever it happens. Right. Um, so long story short, that led me to wanting to do a custom air suspension on the truck. Once we had a new motor put in it and a paint job in the whole nine yards. So in 98, um, two years before we graduated high school, cause we're old. Um, I met a body shop gentleman who ended up becoming my, I call him my mentor. Um, not so much in business, more in just automotive. Um, so I started working with Dominic in early 99 and immediately he identified the fact that I am OCD as hell, um, that I will make something perfect like no one else would. And I really started being the detail guy. Right. So that would have been my first position where I was receiving money for detailing. Now, did you, you know, with, with those early years, I mean, I'm sure you still were detail oriented and still did detail type stuff for yourself. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, my, you know, I, uh, I'm going to get flamed for this one, but if anyone knows what a Toyota Paseo is, so my aunt sold me a Toyota Paseo. And if you want to Google it out there, world, please do. Um, <laughs> it was pretty much a, a wannabe sporty version of the Tercel. So like, it wasn't cool, um, but I lowered it. I had to put it on wheels. And my you thing was, cool. well, debatable. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Um, and, you know, this was, this was right about when Fast and Furious launched. So this was uh, that that 2000 and a half Oh one time. Um, also when G technic launched little fun plug there. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, this, this Toyota Paseo of mine was silver, um, gunmetal Motegi wheels. And like, it was clean 24 seven, like the tires were shined at the time with black magic. I'm still one of my favorite tire gels, believe it or not. I still have a bottle in, in the cabinet just to reminisce. Yeah. Um, but just smell it just to be like, oh, yeah, memories. Yeah, like, like that's amazing. Oh, like I'll still, I'll break it out every now and then. Honestly. I mean, it is sticky as all, you know what, but I'll use it. <laughs> um, but like every single time, like I would roll up somewhere and the wheels were always spotless and the tires were always, were always shining. And that actually caught people's attention. So now I have the professional background um, of buzzing a rotary in a, in a body shop environment, right? Doing some light sanding, so on and so forth. I would say high-end detailing back then didn't exist, right? Yeah. So we were truly taking our early skills from the body shop world. Um, you know, I still, like, it was one pad the whole time, like, for a year. Yeah. But- I don't know. You know, that's we what kinda, you knew. That's all that's, there was. I mean, that was didn't... it. And uh, I remember I was doing a job on the side for one of my neighbor's sisters. It was a Toyota Camry. I have a silly memory, by the way. So, like, this is all just stored somewhere in my brain. And uh, she came over and she's like, "Hey, if you use a, if you use newspaper and vinegar, the windows will come out streak free." And I'm like, "What?" 
right? So, you know, I'm doing this just super in-depth interior detail just because I, I still to this day love interiors. And um, sure enough, I mixed up some vinegar and I put in a spray bottle and I grabbed some newspaper and I tried it, right? And I think we've all done this. We've all tried a little too much stuff, but it actually kind of worked, right? And that, that is one of those points in my detailing tenure that I look back on and I go, you know what? That's why some of these detailers are always trying new crazy things. Cause like 2001, 20 years ago, like I was doing the same thing. We just didn't have, we had cell phones. We had cell phones. I think we still had beepers, right? Yeah. They were phasing out. That's when Nextel started coming on the scene. Yep. Yep. Two ways, two ways. If you were, if you were gangsta. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, you know, at that point, um, I hung up, I will say this to the world. Um, I, as a, as a guy who grew up in the New York hardcore scene, I sold out my passion. So my passion was cars. Um, nine 11 happened. Um, like again, I was 15 minutes away. So our area was impacted heavy. Um, I had a bunch of neighbors who were missing for a few days and, um, there was a big push for guys our age um, to take the civil service tests. So um, fire, I don't know if you know, this is hot. Like fire is hot. Yeah. So you couldn't, you couldn't get me to be a fireman. And I grew up a little anti-systematic going back to getting kicked out of Spanish um, street racing, graffiti and New York hardcore music. So I was least likely to be a cop ever, like ever, like, you know, but I was like, wait a minute, I can retire in 20 years. So like, wait, like for half pay. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't really like college. I really like being in the shop, but I'm looking around the shop going the slightly older guys here, like they're in pretty bad shape and they're driving kind of older cars. And like, I don't really know when they can stop doing this because they really don't have a formal retirement plan. And I can just take this test and like, you know, go live a cop movie for a little bit. And if I like it, I can retire in 20 years. That's a big statement too, in regards to like the fact that you kind of step back to look around you. Mm -hmm. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people don't do that. And I think a lot of people need to do that because that is a reality check. You're right. I mean, I hate to say it, but I agree with you in regards to looking around and seeing the older guys and they're just not going nowhere. They're driving POS vehicles or semi POS vehicles. And that's, that's their life. That's their day in and day out. Same spaghetti dinner. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, you know, um, American shopper was gaining a lot of movement in TV um, before flat screens as was what Jesse James was doing with West coast choppers and so on and so forth. Um, and then I'm going to loop back in a second to that magazine. Um, you know, like that auto industry was kind of booming and I'm like, I'm not Jesse James. Like this dude's got a TV show, right? Like we're not going to be on TV doing this. Like, so I did, I, I, I went, I sold out for the, for the security, um, outside of, you know, obviously being shot at because that's not really secure, but you know, I sold out for the security of the fact that like every two weeks I was getting a, a nice paycheck 
And I knew that as long as I didn't do what I did in Spanish class, I would be able to retire in 20 years. So um, that took me until 06. So 2006, um, I knew I was going to use the NYPD um, as a way to kind of get out and explore more of at least New York state, if not the rest of the country, because once you're NYPD, you know, you can transfer almost anywhere, just, you know, logistics on what you lose and don't lose. Um, but I wanted to stay close to my family. So I, I looked for a city that I could fly to and drive to. And I found little old Rochester, New York, about a seven and a half hour drive from where we grew up. New York's that big. For those of you who have never drove it, I mean, it, it is, it's large. And uh, I transferred up there. And uh, that's where I was able to, because Long Island's not inexpensive. New York City is very expensive. Um, Rochester, very fair market. So, um, you know, I was able to rent the shop for like 600 bucks, which, nice. which we actually, we actually visited last month. It's still there. Um, it's still as bad as it was when I had it. Nothing's changed other than it's still really bad. Um, but you know, 600 bucks, I mean, why not Can't have beat that? that? I mean, and it was, it was the perfect little side gig. Um, we started it on for profit. We were training some inner city kids through some, some department of justice stuff, uh, to help them get some job skills. So again, back to that, that lack of vocational training in high schools. Um, I think that's a huge detriment to society right now. Um, I th I'm glad it's slightly coming back, but um, we didn't have it. So we made it and it was kind of cool. Um, and that actually got me to be able to go around and train uh, with at the time, Smart Detail University from Chemical Guys and uh, Esoteric Elite with Todd Cooperwriter from Ohio. So that's where I got my training bug, right? So that would have been 2011, so 10 years ago now. So you got early, early training from Todd. Early. So like we, um, the Rupes trigger was still orange. Rupes US was not a thing. Um, it was the, you know, I still have it. It's on my shelf in my home office. Uh, it was the original um, Mark 115, um, you know, when we had to do that, that washer mod thing and all the other yeah all the other stuff we made up along the way um, that still haunts that, that company to this day. And we're sorry, like Dylan, Jeremy, Jason, Todd, all of them. We're sorry. We're sorry. Put a washer in your machine. Um, They're still that, buying the machines though, right? It was still <laughs> to this day. Um, they may avoid the warranty in some way, shape or form. And I'm not saying that's what happens, but if it does, well, hey, you're still buying a machine. You're still paying for the repair. There you go. Still a good machine. So, you know, going out to, I'll call it early, but formal trainings, I was already training police officers under like 12 or 13 certifications. Oh, and wow. I really enjoyed it. But like, again, like, you know, sell out New York hardcore kid, you know, being the cop, which was cool because like, you know, I was the guy who, if I, you know, happened to stumble into a graffiti artist, we became friends. He didn't go, he didn't really go to jail. Um, and, you know, ah, I we, like your work. You get, a, you get a pass today, but well, I'm, I you got know, a wall behind my house. <laughs> well, no, that, that first shop, I mean, it was, it was painted up and, oh, um, nice. well, you know, and it was never like, you know, there's no bribes, you know, like don't indict me. Um, but we actually, we networked with them. I mean, that's what it's all about and ended up securing them 
um, a lot of money to start an early street art project in the city. So like, Very you cool. know, to really do those 40, 50, 60 foot tall murals, which was cool. Um, so the early business, the early shop, again, it was kind of split, right? It was part-time and, uh, we had the non-for-profit and that was a lot of my time. But when I really dove into the industry was when I was, again, a decade ago, when I was training with Todd and with Paul from chemical guys. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, there's like a whole nother world with this stuff. And it's so new. It's so young. And like, there's so much room to grow. Um, and that's where the bug came from, for sure. For sure. Um, I love doing the work. Um, I realized I loved building the shop out. I loved the building, the processes, um, so on and so forth. I'm connecting and again, networking, right. With, with all the companies early on that were involved. And, um, that would have lasted until, so 2014. So I did the shop thing, um, three years on the side, a couple of employees. It was, uh, by the end, it was a full-time operation, but I, I mean, it was part-time for me. Nice. Um, I mean, this is, you know, this is early in coatings. This is early in paint correction. Um, we More were common core. Yeah. Detailing. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we were borrowing everything from car wash or from body shop. Right. Yeah. Um, but Rupes came in, and, you know, we found, you know, found Buff and Shine and Buff and Shine started making some cool stuff. And, you know, we started, you know, taking a body shop compound and a Buff and Shine pad and, and a Rupes machine or a Porter cable or a cyclo, um, or a flex, whatever we could find at the time. Right. Because each market was very different to who was yeah. selling what. And I mean, not gluing it together, but like, you know, that's for you younger detailers out there. Like when you read an old forum post, it's like, Oh, this is my 65 hour detail. You know, like we may have been guessing for 20 hours, you know, like I'm never going to forget our first Lamborghini we did. And I went into the shop at like two in the morning when I got off of work and there was more pads and compounds and polishes on the floor than there was floor because the guy I had working with me literally went down the rabbit hole of testing for four hours. Oh so like, God. like literally it's like, Oh, Hey, I tried this polish on these 17 pads. I didn't like it. So then I got this polish and these five pads. I didn't like it. Like it was just crazy. It was crazy. But, you know, we had no standardized systems, right? The, the yellow cap, yellow pad didn't exist yet, right? And we were importing a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. Um, and that's actually back when I found G-Technic, um, 2-2-PLE, uh, Shoals, all, you know, a lot of these companies are still around that still don't have a big splash in the U.S. But, you know, I mean, we were you know, I'd walk home, I would, I would walk in like to my front door and there'd be a DHL box with like custom clearances. And I'm like, how did I get this? Right. But that, that was the game back then, you know? Yeah. That's what made you different too, as a shop versus the mm -hmm. guy down the street that may, you know, be, be the competitor that just using yeah. the, the basic stuff. Yep. You know, and it, it, uh, it worked, man. I mean, we were getting, you know, we were getting cars transported to us from five, six, seven States away which, you know, again, looking back on it, I'm like, that was super cool, but that made no sense. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was a nice ego boost, but it was like 65 hours on one car. And then it took 15 hours to get here and 15 hours to go back. It's like, when we looked at it for, 
the whopping thousand dollars we build, I'm like, whoa. And there's no retention behind that. How are they no. going to get back to you for Not, anything that's, maintenance? <laughs> that's it. And then like they go back to their town and they're like, yo, look how good this, this detail shop in Rochester, New York did. And the guy's like, well, I want to go there. And he's like, I don't have a trailer, you know? Um, so those early days, and it's only been 10 years, but 10 years goes by fast. And it, yeah. it is when you look at it on one hand, it's a long way. Um, you know, we were really exploratory back then. And, um, you know, it was, maybe it was a little bit of a double-sided sword. I don't know. You know, um, I see it still in, in a lot of the up and coming, you know, all-stars of the industry. And I'm like, Hey, like, uh, you don't need to do that. Yeah. You know, like it sounds really cool. It looks really cool. Um, but why don't you focus on putting some more money in your bank account and not on that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me loop back, right. Um, to that magazine. So I'm on eBay and this is probably about the same time. And sure enough, there's that magazine in mint mint condition, man. And I'm like, boom, buy it now. I gotta have it. So I get it. And, uh, I get to, I get to the house. It really is in mint condition, by the way, I still have it. Um, so I, I gently open it and start reading through it without like putting a crease in it. And the cover truck that started it all <clears throat> was built by West Coast Customs and was personally owned by Ryan, right? Um, and there's a second part to this story, a third part, however many parts, right? I'm me, I, t- I warned you I'll talk if you give me a microphone. So uh, I email him, right? Because now we have technology. Now we have the internet, right? Facebook, yeah. Facebook is picking Not hard up. to find somebody to get a hold of them. No, I, you know, I mean, you know, Facebook is picking up, right? There's a couple of Facebook groups, but again, this is 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, we didn't have it on our phones, right? There was no Instagram. YouTube wasn't a thing. Um, they, like, it was common to see a phone connected to a wall still with a wire. Yeah. Right. True, true story. Yeah. So I send them an email and I mean, you know, this is probably at, at the start of the height of West Coast Customs, but like, I kind of expected a response which clearly I didn't get. Right. And like, it was only, I wrote like two paragraphs, three paragraphs. And, you know, to me, it meant a ton because, you know, it like started that passion, right. Like that, that truck opened the door to me as a car enthusiast. And I told him that, or at least the email address that. So like, I figured like, you know, he's not that big yet. And, and, you know, but like, maybe, maybe I'll get something like, there was no ask. I was like, Hey man, send me a hat. No, it was just like, yo, here's a dope story. Like run with it. Yeah. So fast forward now to SEMA 18 and we're going to a business dinner and uh, who's in front of us waiting for a table. Brian, Brian. And 15 years as a police officer and, you know, working with, you know, mayors and uh, a couple of presidents and so on and so forth. You don't, you don't ever like walk up to someone and be like, Hey man, I really like what you're doing and shake their hand. Right. You know, you kind of have that uniform there kind of deal. So I've never been one to like break out of that. So I'm standing there and I'm like, you know, (laughs) well, it's his, it's his fault. Right. It's his fault. It just didn't feel right though. And I was bitter because he didn't email me back. Right. 
So the story there, guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, is if anyone ever sends you an email that like is a little bit more than a solicitation, just email them back because you never know. You Even never thank know. You. Yeah. Even a thank you. Like, hey, dude, great story. You know, go F yourself. Love Ryan. <laughs> Would have been sick. And, you know, and like, I don't know, like, did I let my ego get in the way a little bit? Right. But like, you know, all like that, that's all we had to do. Right. Again, back to the power of networking, back to the power of networking. Right. Um, but yeah, back to your original question, man, you know, 97, that silly Mazda. Um, for those of you who are inquisitive, um, it's currently in, um, I rent a small workshop for the four hours a month I have to, to do that. Um, and the Mazda is still there in 6 million pieces. <laughs> I, tra- I trailered it down from a property in New York four months ago. Um, it has, it has traveled 3000 miles in the last 20 years. Um, not under its own power and with no wheels on it. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> um, the challenge you guys need and girls need to give me is finish your stupid truck, Eric, please like stop doing all this other random stuff and just finish your truck. Yeah. You're getting older now. So you gotta, gotta, gotta <laughs> I mean, like we said, we, you know, we pull off the age a little bit, but like, you know, it's one thing to see a truck sitting on the ground at dinner and an 18 year old pops out of it. It's another thing to see a truck sitting on the ground at dinner and a almost 40 year old pops out of it, but don't mind him, honey. He's just working on the truck. Well, hasn't he been working on that? Yeah. For 20 plus years. Yep. And it's funny too, man. Cause like back when I used to read mini trucking, because like you had to read a magazine to get information, all these stories were like, you know, Oh, uh, started when he was 17 and nine years later, he got back to it and now it's finished. And I'm like, Hey, what an idiot. It took you nine years. And now I'm sitting here on two decades and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I get it. So like, yeah, you know, life happens a couple of moves, both in life and physically and a couple of moves with companies. We'll talk about that in a second. And yeah, man, 20 years flies by flies by. So, so yeah, dig into what, you know, as, as you got into the, you know, into detailing and, and running with that, where you ended up with, you know, having these opportunities with, with brands to work with yeah. and for as more of a um, business development kind of type. Sure, sure. And I will, uh, I will throw some advice in there as well. And no one's going to like it, but you're going to listen. <laughs> so, uh, so 2013, um, I'm playing with all these products, right? And I'm like, okay, ceramic this, ceramic that, early days, early days, right? Mm-hmm. And... I'm sitting in my office drinking my coffee. Julio, pour over for you, buddy. And I'm reading some Facebook groups and I'm doing some kick-ass work, man. You know, like, uh, again, five, six states away, things getting trailered in, um, some pretty famous people's cars. And like, here's these detailers that are like, oh, well, so-and-so product company sent me this to sample. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, I'm paying a lot of money to get all this stuff from overseas. And, you know, I'm sourcing all this stuff local. Um, I linked up with one of my local distributors that we still do a lot of business with who I adore. Um, And I'm finding these professional grade products. I'm like, where's my stuff to try? Like, 
you know, and like, I don't know, I didn't feel bad about it, but I'm like, am I not good enough? You know, like I kind of second guessed it. Um, and then I became me and I'm like, you know what? You don't ask, you just wait for it to happen. And, uh, I catch a post a, a couple of months later, um, about this company out of Massachusetts who is, uh, who is starting to develop some newer products. So they, uh, it ended up being car products, which you know, well, um, they were a traditional car wash manufacturer for car wash products. Um, and they broke into detailing products, very traditional though. Right. So the likes of, um, your Malco, your Presta, your auto magic five years ago, right? Like before, you know, they, all those, you know, uh, legacy, legacy brands. Yeah. You know, like, uh, the, the, the red hot cinnamon degreaser was named after the uncle and, you know, so on and so forth. Right. (laughs) Um, so I linked up with them. I just, uh, you know, I called up the guy who was, who was kind of, you know, running the show and I'm like, Hey man, like, uh, I got this pretty cool operation and like, I'm interested, you know, like I'm interested in learning, some of this product development game and I'm interested. And, and, uh, you know, he was very, um, you know, he was forward thinking for a traditional, you know, product company to want to try to combat some of the imported boutiques. And I'm like, well, that's pretty badass. Like, that's kind of cool. So, um, I said, send me some stuff. I'll pay for it. Right. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you don't got to pay for it. I'm like, ah, I kind of want to pay for it. I'm used to paying for it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want it to be unbiased. I don't want to be biased. I want to be unbiased. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pay for it. No handouts. Um, and uh, got some stuff. And I was like, okay, like fair priced, um, super easy to use. And like, it, it kind of kicks ass. Right. Um, at the time, I noticed the void in the market. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You probably remember some of the, the the 2015 IDA stuff we were helping with where I would really talk about coding anxiety. Right. Because we were trained to be scared of codings. Yeah. So we so we came to market with a bulletproof line and uh, I was like, listen, like worry about the money. Don't worry about the installing it. Like just put this stuff on and get paid. Yeah, um, that I think that was a very early thought process to have. But the brand did very, very well. Um, I really cut my teeth at SEMA of 2014. Um, I paid my own way. That's my advice. I want to give people that, that want to try to work with a brand and want to try to work with a company, um, put some skin in the game, turn off any little bit of entitlement you wait, you, you may have take your ego. That's cool. Right. We want confidence. Brands yeah. want confidence. You can keep your ego a little bit within check. Um, but you know, do the work. So I showed up to SEMA 14 on a Sunday, just literally like ecstatic to be at SEMA. Cause like, you know, it's not easy to get into unless you're, unless you have someone who teaches you the way. And, um, I remember walking, I stayed at circus circus in the nicer tower. It still wasn't that nice. Um, but I was paying my own way. I wasn't getting paid. Um, I paid for the plane ticket. I paid for the cab. There's no Uber at the time. I paid for the room. I bought my brand new shoes. I broke them in and I just walked, man. I walked all day, Sunday, all day, Monday, set up the booth, started the show on Tuesday. Before I knew it, Tuesday afternoon came, I could barely stand. Um, but it was 
amazing. You know, you've, you've done it. Think back to that first SEMA booth you were in, you know, and um, I just wanted to do it better and better and better and better. So as business happens, um, car products was sold to a much larger company. And I think uh, for those of you in the industry, you realize, or you don't realize yet, but you will realize that that is very common. And with that, that size of transaction, things change, Mm -hmm. things change. Right. So um, I was running my third shop at the time, still a cop, by the way. So still a cop, third shop, no nonprofit. Um, This shop I could say was a lot of people's dream shops. Um, this was, this was 15 now, um, went to expel school, thought I was going to be a big, bad PPF installer on the side. Uh, that's a whole learning curve in itself. Yeah. Oh man. I took away from it. Um, the business of pain protection film, which I think was super powerful. It was a really good move for me six years ago. Um, I didn't listen to Alex who's still the instructor, like shout out to him guys, guys, killer instructor. Um, he said, if you're going to do this, you go back and you do it. Do not wait two weeks, three weeks, two months. I waited like four months. Cause like, Hey, busy, right. Growing a brand caught, you know, being a cop full time. Yeah. I could revisit this. No big deal. I went through the training. I got this. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to do like door cup door cups and I failed miserably. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to build a business off this, but I'm not going to be able to do this. Like my OCD, my perfection quest is just in the way. I can't do this. Um, so I built a beautiful, um, early on, I would say, moderately successful pain protection film shop. Right, not successful to what some of these shops these days are doing, but this was also five six years ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely so, a gap in, in top where we're at now versus where we were. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, um, rock and roll with that, um, transitioning out of car products, um, jumped on the, the, um, that shop. We were Expel and OptiCoat, right? So, you know, yeah, the G-Technic guy now had, had an OptiCoat shop, live with it. It's just, just part of the game here. Right? It was a, Hey, listen, that brand was, you know, one of the, you know, first really foundations of what coatings are here in North America. It helped 100%. a lot with that. hundred percent. And it was a great network for the the time that it ran. And it's still, it's a pretty decent network. It doesn't have the deep foundation that it once did, but you know, there's also a lot of uh, other options in the market now too. So it helps. uh, Well, that look, man, you know, things, you know, we just went over like 16 years of my life and things change. Bingo. Things change, you know? Yep. So uh, we, you know, again, I'm, I'm always going to go back to networking. So in those years, right. In those, in those growth, those exploratory years, it was always networking. Um, we had uh, shout out to Barry Thiel for this one. He was instrumental with it. Um, we would have these Northeast detailer meets, right. And I don't even remember, this would have been right about that 14, 15, 16. Um, so we went out to, uh, I think pretty sure the one shop was Will Castro's out near Boston. Um, we went out there once we went to Barry's shop when he, when he had the shop by the auction in Pennsylvania. Um, we went up to Ivan's shop in Montreal. Um, super cool. 20, 25 guys and a couple of girls, believe it or not, back then. 
um, you know, at these just grassroots thrown together events. And um, a lot of the other brands started um, attending, right? Because it was a, it was a cool sort of way to get some of these brands launched, you know, 3d um, early ceramic pro uh, what out Modesta, right. Was shown to us at Barry shop early on. Early, early on, we were still, uh, I actually told Jason the story this morning at breakfast. We, um, we were trying to myth bust. Uh, Todd was getting a lot of hate for an early version of Sonax Perfect Finish. That it was being nicknamed Perfect Filler. Where we had to go and try to strip these fillers. And this, you know, this is, again, this is such early on in this, in this detail game that we've been building. Yeah. Um, we at, at lunch went and got oven cleaner. And finally after barraging the surface with every solvent under the sun, we got it to, to dull a little bit because we used oven cleaner. And like, we thought we're like, we're chemists. We got this, we got this. Um, so a lot of networking in up in the Northeast, which was always cool. And uh, through that all together, man, coming into 17, um, I'm down at mobile tech. And uh, this was a big pivot point in my life. Um, I set up this, the shop, um, the third shop, with the idea that we're going to grow a platform to introduce applied films to detailers. So like the time, the market for coatings, it wasn't what it is now, but it was growing pretty good. Um, you, know, yeah. you, were, you know, you were playing with, with Bulletproof, what, 12 states away? Yeah, for, I mean, for, 2015, as soon as we got it yeah. in our hands, we, right. yeah. and we still to, still to this day, it's... yeah. There's just something about that product that is completely different than yeah. everything else on the market by far. And it's 100%. Oh gosh, yeah. 100%. And I mean like I always tell people we don't have to get into that much, but I always tell people yeah. it was it was 3 to 4 years too early. It was just yeah. it was ju- it was too early. Oh, now it's, you don't even hear about it. Most people don't know about it. You nope. barely find it. It's like what's going on? It's like yep. you've got to know and if you didn't know then you're without. Yep. So um I put together this this what, what I've been told was a very, very well done talk at mobile tech in uh, January 17, where I, I talk about applied films, paint protection film, window films, and vinyl, right? And uh, about 100, I think it was 113 detailers in the room. And again, I've been, my whole life, I've always been in my own head um, with, the, with, these, with these strategies, right? So like the selling out my street racing graffiti artist, New York hardcore roots to be a cop, um, you know, selling out my automotive enthusiast um, side of it to really, you know, chase that security and not chase the dream, right? Like all these things. So I'm like, you know what, Eric? So you're going to go to, you're going to go to mobile tech. You're going to give this talk, right? You know, it's going to be good because that's what I was doing for the city as a cop. I mean, I was building PowerPoints every day, every night. I'm talking in front of rooms of, you know, thousands of people, um, you know, going around the country to, you know, to, to different seminars, whether it's youth, you know, youth involvement, gang involvement. Um, you know, I became the go-to for the opioid epidemic in Western New York. Oh, wow. So if you actually know my real last name, you can Google it and see a bunch of. So different, needless different to say, stuff. you're very well seasoned in this space and you, you had yeah. it in the bag. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what, man, if you go down to this and they love it, but no one picks up on it, you're going to finish your sellout. 
I had a little studio at home at this time um, to just keep myself, you know, um, up on what's going on, had the PPF shop, um, but that was its own business. Right. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going there um, to, to tinker with cars. Right. Um, I'm like, you're gonna, you're just gonna let it play out, remove yourself from the industry until you retire and then make game plan would be like, you know, 75, just say, right. Go through the whole PowerPoint. Um, it was an hour, an hour talk at mobile tech. Uh, Larry Casilla comes up to me. He's like, dude, man. He's like, that was great. I'm like, sick validated YouTube, Larry golden did a good job. And I would say two out of the hundred and change came up to me afterwards. and like, Hey man, I want to know more. And I followed up with them and it didn't go anywhere. And I'm like, huh, are we too early again? So this was six, four years ago, right? Are we too early again? Are the one and a half, cause you gotta think, I mean, you know, you know this better than anybody. Mobile tech for detailers, it's a lot of the owner operator, one and a half, two guy shops, right? Mm-hmm. So are they just not ready do they just not have the time, the energy, the capital? Are they just not ready? And I'm like, you know what, man? Like, if that's the case, they will be in five years from now and you'll be retired collecting a pension and you can really focus if you want to develop that. And that's the conversation I had with myself until I went to lunch and someone was like, hey, man, remember that G-Technic stuff from like 12, 2011, 2012? Like, yeah, well, um, it's, it's going to be back in the U S and I'm like, oh, cool. Like it's a great brand. It's a great line. It, you know, it's still like, you know, seeing cars that I did forever ago, you know, and, and they're not daily drivers, but you know, like, you know, seeing cars from, from forever ago and going, this is one of the only ones. It's pretty cool, man. They're like, well, um, come to this dinner. Let's talk. And I'm like, well, I'm not flying home till tomorrow. So uh, me and an old friend of mine, Antonio Patty, um, who, again, networking, was one of the yeah, first Patty's detail. Patty's Mobile Detail. Patty's Mobile Detailing, or, or Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, he called me way early. This is like 2011. He's like, hey, man, I'm a detailer on, on, a, on a landline phone, right? Like connected <laughs> to the wall. I'm like, oh, cool story, bro. I'm a detailer too. You called the detail <laughs> shop. He's like, yo, can, uh, can I come check your spot out? I'm like, uh, okay. Right. So like, you know, shout out to him for that because that was like the first, like, you know, I don't have to hide this from people. And, uh, went to dinner about a month later, um, after some talks, they're like, yeah, man, like, like you need to be on the team. We need, uh, we need what you do. So that was early 17. Um, I would say we did a very phenomenal job of exploding the brand back into the U.S. market. And uh, I retired early in July of 2018 and moved my entire life uh, pretty much 11 states away in uh, November of 18. And it has just been an absolute wild ride blast since then. And you went from you know helping out in the business development area, which you still are, but mm-hmm. now overseeing a lot of what the activity for sure. G-Technic yep. North America. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I tell people, 
you know, because we have our nomenclature. So for those of you that don't know, um, C2V3 is coding two version three. So I tell people we're on like G-Technic North America version like seven. So G-T-N-A-V-7, right? So it is, um, you know, <laughs> look, as it, as it grows, you know, it, it, with growth comes change, period. You know, and, um, you know, it, 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 you know, we are, we are an, an imported boutique brand. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, we work for our mothership in the UK, right? So that makes us a little different than the other 53 re- regional partners yeah. for G Technic. Mr. Robert Earl. Mr. Robert Earl. You know, we, we talk a lot. We talk a lot. And uh, the US market is a very, very, very large piece of their overall world business because, in, you know, detailers in the US, you know, we, we, we kick ass. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we, there's a lot more of us. It's a much larger market here. It is. So it is. Um, we we're driven by our cars. I mean, it's secondary it. to who we are. And a lot of that actually, um, I feel like it reflects on the person. Like when someone jumps out of the car, the car they want, right. Not the car that they have to get cause they need wheels, but mm-hmm. the car they want sometimes reflects on that person and their personality. And I, and, and it's, and it sucks because some of those personalities are, a little off. So you're like, yeah, that's your car. <laughs> like we wouldn't drive a yellow Corvette, but it's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't drive a Prius either, but yeah. <laughs> what about a Toyota Paseo? Maybe early years. Right. <laughs> but so with G-Tech, I mean, that's something, you know, I, it's funny because being here on the podcast with you, you know, I hold dearly some of these brands uh, myself, you know, having been with them for a while um, such as, you know, bulletproof and also with g-tech you know Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that i've been around it so long i've seen the return i've seen the results and with them being in the in the market of coding since 2001 i mean that's that's huge compared to a lot Mm -hmm. of other brands that are out there one they've got the longevity two they've got products that have been out since then that are still you know surpassing the test of time mm-hmm. and you know and not to take away from other brands there's a lot of great brands in our oh, industry for sure. that are doing a for damn sure. good job but just from personal experience i could say that it's been one of the brands especially on exclusivity right mm-hmm. you guys have held solid to that you know without mm-hmm. watering down mm-hmm. individual markets and then for those that have excess installers in that market it's also where they were comfortable with those other installers coming mm-hmm. into their market they all agreed on that yeah. And I mean, we, you know, we, we, uh, it was, it was tough, man, because when we, when we took the brand over in 17, um, for, for years, it was ran under the, what would be considered the, the British umbrella, if you will. Right. And that was your territory was 750,000 people. Right. Wow. So, um, Alex don't hate me for this story but I got to bring up Alaska, right? So Alaska is big and it's vast. Oh yeah. And there is like, you know, um, like all different sorts of cool animals. And unfortunately yeah. all those shows I've been <laughs> Small told. Small living area, big, big yeah. country. <laughs> so, you know, by the default, and this is again, you know, growing pains by the default of what that, four or five years ago looked like there would be one installer in all of Alaska. So when you say it that way, you're like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And then what we did was, which I think is different, um, is we dive deep into markets, 
right? We dive, we, we dive deep. So like if, if, if a shop presents themselves to us and I challenge everyone, if you're looking to be part of the G technical accredited network, apply, just apply right now. Yes. If you're, if you're four blocks from somebody else and you're honest, you're probably not going to be able to get on. Right. Especially if they're somebody special with the network. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'll use air quotes. If you're across town and I use air quotes because what does across town really mean? Right. But if you're in a market where it can be supported, we have realized through beta testing in Atlanta and Chicago, and now a little bit of Charlotte too, that the markets where you may look at our map and be like, oh, they have too many installers in Chicago. But the average shop in Chicago is doing more, you know, more installs because there's more people in the market who now know and are looking at it, right? They're looking for it. And you can't get mad if a customer chooses another shop, right? Like I just changed, I just changed dentists. You think the dentist I left because he was further away from me is upset that I'm going to another dentist? No. No. And you think that if I want to go back to that dentist because he did an amazing job on a crown, you think that if I go back to him, he's not going to take my money and let me be a customer? You know, so, so we, so come on. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we knock on wood, um, you know, we haven't had a, uh, a heated conversation with anybody of recent. And we're talking like over a year now um, in regards to anything about that. But yeah, thank you for saying that we do, you know um, we don't want to be so exclusive that you feel like it's unobtainium, um, but we will make you work for it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a few that are still a couple of different coding networks that are a few that are still like that. Yeah. Um, But it goes both ways. You know, they're all, it's all good. They're all products. They're all tools to help Mm -hmm. us as detailers become more successful. hundred percent. And I love what you guys have been doing, coming out with new stuff. You just dropped your Marine line. Um, That's Mm -hmm. doing really well. Um, I'm sure you guys have stuff planned for SEMA, which, you know, we just all including yourself retained your booth. So we're moving forward with that. Yeah. So it's, again, it's amazing what people talk about, right? So um, for those of you who haven't seen the SEMA map, we are sharing a wall with chemical guys. I trained with them 10 years ago. They're like, why would you go next to chemical guys? And I'm like, I don't know. They have a dope booth. Yeah. Every and not year. Only that, but let's talk logistics here, a business. Yeah. Paul did an amazing job with the brand. He yep. absolutely killed it and slayed and it. And then some, and- like not for nothing, like they kind of party. Yeah. So like, like, okay, let's, let's not talk about the end product. So what it's for consumers, some professionals use yeah. it. So what, but look what he's done as a business. Mm-hmm. If half of us could do that, you know how much this industry would blow up even yep. past. I mean, yep. you got to give the guy credit where credit's due. He's well, and it. look, and look, I mean, I think, so I still have my certification on the wall in my office. I mean, it's from early 2012. So nine years ago, I went to a five-day training. I still have the manual. What they did back then, you know, for the professional, because, you know, I mean, you know, products come a long way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, if you, if you saw this, and maybe I'll bring it to SEMA to show you, if you saw his training manual from nine years ago, you would be like, wow, like, 
just wow. I mean, you know, I go to trainings throughout the world and most of them don't even have manuals and, you know, they put together such a professional training. Now, he already knows the story. The recommended Motel 6 in Inglewood really wasn't the best choice. They had <laughs> race cars on the bedding, <laughs> armed security at the elevator. And again, early, the world changes. The whole place smelled like weed. <laughs> no, not oh, yeah. Inglewood. It was, <laughs> it, but look, man, like I said, back to going to SEMA in 14, the best advice I can give detailers who want to grow their brand, who want to grow with a brand, who want to maybe really become the owner, the operator, or you know what, maybe you follow my path and you say, you know what, I'm using this as experience. I really want to work with a brand, with a product, do the work. Do not build. put your, do not put your hand out. No, don't build put your, your resume. Out. Don't build. yeah. If, Cause if you're going to show up, you better show up with a resume, show up and show out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, and that's, you know, looking at it from a business perspective and a professional perspective, that's how we could speak on that as being opposite brands with showing so much respect to someone like Paul. And then the other flip side of that is people that are so focused on the craft and the end product. They're the ones that are, have, you know, whatever in their feelings about the brand, which mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense because mm -hmm. you're, we're all in this as business owners and wanting to grow and wanting to be successful with what we do individually and organically in our own market. Mm -hmm. So sure. there's a lot of notes that could be taken from someone like him and applied to your inner business. Absolutely. You know, he, uh, SEMA a couple of years ago, cause I, you know, I meet up with him every year and he was like, what do you think of Walmart? And I'm like, I mean, dude, that's, that's insane. Like you, you put a product in the largest box store in the world yeah. And, you know, you brought eyes, you brought regular everyday eyes to the fact that there's better stuff out there. Now that never stops, right? Like, no. let's just look at cars, yeah. you know, you go from a Toyota Paseo all the way to a Bugatti It never, it never stops. No. Right. No. But they sell a lot more Toyotas than they do Bugattis. And that's so, a foundation for others to mm -hmm. find their own spinoff of how they can get in front of people. Yep. You know, and like my thing, everyone always says, because I think you're going to kick us off in a couple of minutes and everyone's like, dude, what's the best? What's the best product? Right. What's the best product? Right. And um, it's always G-Technic. But um, outside <laughs> and of that, and shine. of course, of course. And all our other friends that we love. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but the best one is the one that is the easiest for you to handle, meaning acquire. Yep meaning use, yes. right? That yes. makes you the most profit, period. Bingo. Period. You know, it doesn't matter what I'm using. It doesn't matter what Justin's using. It doesn't matter, right? If, you know, you can get it easily and it works and you enjoy it, you like it, and it makes you that larger amount of profit in that day, that is the best product. You know, and, and we see people every day on social media, you know, it's three in the morning. What's the best tire cleaner? You know, what's the best tire cleaner at three in the morning. Go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Go to sleep. And my you favorite's know? not going to be your favorite. And, no. and you can't hate because of that and don't have different feelings towards somebody because you're not feeling what their favorite product is. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. 
Not at all. And then like, you know, also, I think you'll appreciate this tattooed muscly man. Um, if you want to fight, not me, I'm a gentle lamb, but if you want to fight someone like, well, throw down, you know, don't just sit there and bark on, on social media. Like, you know, cause you see it, man. Like, you know, you're smirking right now. Cause, cause you <laughs> see I, it. I, it's like my, my wheels start turning. I was wait a I just cut from a different cloth. Those, when it comes to this. <laughs> th- those two are talking right now in the aisle at SEMA, like their best friends. What happened to that post from a month ago? So like, you know, second best piece of advice I can give you is be real. You, you don't have to be a tough guy. You don't have to actually fight people, but, yeah. but just be real. You know what I mean? And like, you know, if you're going to be one way on, on a platform, be that way in person. That's it. Yeah. Be real. Be you. Most tough guys actually don't come off like that. Mm -hmm. Real tough guys don't look for fights. Nope. At all. No. If anything, we avoid them. Nope. And if you need to watch something, um, Vin Diesel in knock around guys in the bar scene is is the most humbling piece of anything you can watch. If you want to be that tough guy. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I do, That's... I do, I do love that scene. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? Because it's some of that stuff was it take? Does, doesn't that take place in New York? Um, I mean, they're very. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think I don't know if it's racist or geographicist, but not every <laughs> mafioso type person comes from New York. <laughs> oh, um, yes, I know. A lot of them end up retiring here in Florida. <laughs> no, nope, nope. especially on that East Coast. Yes, yes. All right. Well, awesome, man. You know, I love always chatting with you. It's always a pleasure. We've known each other for years and it's always cool to be able to reconnect and especially with not being able to get together over the past year and a half with the whole Mm -hmm. pandemic thing. But you're always a wealth of knowledge and your stories are always, you know, just so cool with how things, you know, have happened for you. And, you know, with representing the industry the way you do, I always end our podcast with words of advice, but, you know, but I would say the last 10 minutes, you, you covered that. I mean, cause you gave some, some little golden nuggets, or I should say large golden nuggets in regards to advice for a lot of the people who are listening. So I much appreciate cool. it. And uh, anytime, man, thank you anytime. for being on. And I hope that in the future we are able to get into, you know, cause we're at 33 right now with this podcast. Hopefully we get into the triple digits and where, can... where's Rogan at right now. <laughs> who knows? I, know, I think knows. it was like 1500 or something. Like I got, I got spammed on Spotify for it. And he gets, I mean, that's his life, right? He gets to do mm-hmm. podcasts day in and day out and he gets to do it however he wants. And he can yeah. do it naked if he wanted to. And people yeah. are still watching and listening. Yep. So, yep. which is cool. So you know, thank a lot you. of fun, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. And again, Eric Joseph with G Technic North America. We appreciate having you on uh, reflection artist live number 33. Thanks everybody for watching at home or at your shop or in your mobile rig or whatever the case may be, or listening at a later date. It's much appreciated from us at Buff and Shine. And of course the guests that we have. So thanks, Eric. Have a good rest of your day, bro. See you later. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.